Welcome to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast for women who want to experience intimate relationships and sex that are pleasurable and passionate, happy, thriving and deeply fulfilling. With my very special guest experts guiding lights and pioneers in their specialist areas, we'll be breaking down the myths, exploring the difficult stuff, the good stuff and seeing what's possible for love, sex and intimacy at this time of rapid change. In these candid and intimate conversations, I'll be bringing you the best of sex and relationship education, full of practical ways to support and inspire change in your intimate life. I'm your host, Sarah Rosebright. Whether you're curious about what's possible or you're already committed to exploring, I'm so happy you are here. Welcome to this conversation with Amisha Gaviali. And Amisha is a host of her own podcast, which is a podcast that's uh, globally acclaimed. It's called All That We Are. It used to be The Future is Beautiful. And there's something like 150 episodes with some incredible guests on topics such as ecology, sustainability, climate change, spirituality, whole host of different things. It's definitely worth checking out. There's a link in the show notes. And All That We Are has a community which Amisha hosts around creative, connected and courageous living. She also does one-to-one leadership mentoring and she's written a book about intuition, um, which we're focusing on today and a lot, lot more she's done. Um, We had some fun and games with the Wi-Fi. So um, we had to meet in person because um, to be able to finish off the conversation because the end of the recording went a bit wonky, but that was actually a real treat to meet in person and to uh, have a conversation in person rather than through a screen. And so, but it's all sorted, you're here, it will sound seamless and wonderful to you. Um, But I just mentioned that because there'll be a point where you notice I'll switch gears as we move from um, Zoom conversation to in-person. So we had a great conversation and Amisha shares why many of us, well, most of us are not raised to listen to and trust our intuition and how our intuition has been viewed as dangerous and how this history still affects us today. She also shares her definition of intuition, the benefits of listening to your intuition, the possibilities for the world if we all truly listen to our intuition and practices to support you to listen to and to build up your trust in your intuition. For me, that was something that was so important. It was the first part was learning over years to listen to my intuition and then a really uh in a way the more significant piece was actually learning to trust my intuition and to act on it we also had a conversation about the importance of uh, intuition in uh sex and relationships and then we had a brilliant conversation about um common beliefs in the new age community that can be both dangerous and damaging and it was a really rich conversation something i'd like to dive into more deeply um, in the future, because uh, it, I, it, you know, Misha was just sharing how she sees how a lot of the beliefs out there really affect people, friends, clients, and I've certainly seen the same as well. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Welcome to this episode, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Amisha Gadiali. Welcome. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's such a joy to be here with you. And it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And so I'd love to start with um, inviting you to share who you are and what it is that you do in this world. (laughs) 
Thank you. Uh, it's a question that no one likes to answer, uh, how we explain the, the vastness <laughs> of, of who we are as humans and our journey into a few sentences. <laughs> I feel like the themes that really show up in my work are around questions on you know, how can we live more um, connected to the truth of who we are and um, in a way where we we listen to our intuition, where we show up in the world in a way that reflects our values and understanding with that how our individual journeys and the collective experience that we're having as humans is related and so in the, in the ways of sacred activism and and also you know connecting us to our gifts and what it is that we have to offer the world our creativity and so for me the ways that I do that are through offering one-to-one -one work with um with a modality that I've kind of developed through various experiences that I've had and um, amazing teachers, um, which is all around shifting subconscious patterns and opening up to, to the seeds of qualities that exist within us that we may not have had access to before. And I also write, um, wrote a book about intuition and, um, and I host a podcast called All That We Are which is this like weave between our inner worlds and, and all of the issues that um, that we are facing as as a global population mm, thank you for sharing and your podcast is a, a very well established and global podcast share a little bit about the podcast as well for people who might be inspired to listen yeah well it's been um five years now so it's been a while and um and for me when I started it um, podcasts weren't such a thing I remember that conversation with my dad you're doing what now <laughs> um, but why why did you choose these paths um, and 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 for me it was because I had always found the medium of audio just really um, it really really connecting I loved listening to the radio and I had discovered some podcasts but I'd found that they they didn't go very deep and and that we were so much in this culture of pretending that we knew everything you know this kind of expert culture and I just really wanted to explore some questions that I don't think anyone really knows the answers to around climate change and around our spirituality and um and like the ways in which it's all related and and create a space that is more of discovery than of knowing mm -hmm. and um over the years you know, it explores this weave between activism and the sacred and regeneration and creativity and and essentially what it is to be human and and we've had now over 150 episodes um, I don't record every week for all those years we always take time off which I really find really powerful for myself just not having that input from other people so every week which is amazing when it's happening mm -hmm. and then it's really nice to have like that quiet time uh, for my own creativity and for my own integration and we've had amazing people on the show and it, it's it's growing always and and it's really such a joy a pleasure to offer and also 
um, you know, now to have met so many people that listen and and to know what it's been for other people, because, you know, you start these things in your bedroom, not exactly knowing what you're doing, but feeling like this impulse that that, you know, I must create this and I'm going to be really real and vulnerable and 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 really speak from the heart and not know what's going to happen. And uh, now we've created this really beautiful community that I'm really proud of and um, yeah, love being part of. Mm, wonderful. And I mean, you've got some incredible guests and I've listened to some of the episodes, some fabulous conversations and so thought provoking and inspiring. And so I really recommend I'll put a link to your podcast in the show notes as well. So people can go and check that out too. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah that's such an achievement so so really um one of the sort of key areas that I reached out to you around was that you've written this book on intuition and I think it's such um an important topic so it really piqued my interest when I saw that you'd written the book on this so I'd love you to share why a book on intuition and also some of your journey with intuition you know was it something that you were always connected to or something that you've um, learned to connect to over time I'd love to hear thank you Sarah I, I feel like with intuition I never would have just decided to write that book and um, and and thought that I knew something about that because by its nature it is um, it is about that which we can't fully explain and um, it's our relationship with all of the information that's there that's that's unseen and that isn't what's what's qualified and valued and maybe in books that come before us and so I was asked to write this book and of course you know when I got that email my first thought was like what do I know you know that kind of question um, but I really really enjoyed the challenge of writing that book and trying to make something that was really easy to to access and that kind of worked on many different levels so for people that had a relationship with their intuition already um, and for people that didn't feel like they knew what that was and how to connect to it um, and yeah it was a really powerful time in my life I wrote it all during the the very first um, lockdown of COVID I was in a treehouse, which I'd gone to before I knew about lockdowns and then found myself in for 11 weeks. Um, and and then and then it was also at the time that my dad was dying um, and he I, I left the treehouse and then spent his last three weeks and I was kind of editing proofs like next to him. Um, so it's, it feels very special to me for that mm. because it was such a, a potent time. My my relationship with my intuition I would say it's something that was always there. I was always aware of a whole field of information that wasn't normally being talked about um, or validated. And I always found that kind of strange. And I, I found that I did, I often knew things and couldn't explain how or why. Um, my parents were both psychiatrists and my dad was a Jungian analyst. And so in in the realms of Jung, intuition is um you know a big a big part of of that understanding, and so I did grow up in a house that really valued interpreting dreams and um a, a more intuitive perceptive 
way of looking at the world um, and yet the the kind of challenges that I faced just in schooling and in like my early career of um yeah just being in this really rational um intellectual world and feeling like there was always just so much missing and that kind of it felt like a, a way of yeah I just found it really controlling almost like that that way of using our brains and and that the intelligence was connected to this idea of being able to like recall information that has been said before and I noticed you know even earlier on in my sort of spiritual path that that kind of I don't know desire to like quote Einstein and that you know it's like if you can if if there's an old white man that's that's dead that said something then it then then it actually is real um and that that's kind of how we have to like make sense of some of the 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 more unseen aspects of our lives and of the world and and actually that's really sad to me that we're not trained to trust this part of our intelligence and when it comes down to it that's what I understand intuition to be that we have our rational intelligence and we have our intuitive intelligence and they're just as important and they work really really well together and so it's just really sad that we've we've not been taught how to use one of them um and what makes me really hopeful about that is that it means that there's all this intelligence that's there within all of us that just needs to be brought up into the world um and you know how much would change just like that if we were all able to to bring that intelligence into being mm, yeah absolutely and why do you feel it's not been not been taught not been embraced not valued well Sarah I have to be careful here because <laughs> I have a um a review on Amazon for <laughs> my book by somebody that said this book's about politics. I did not buy this to read the author's views on politics. <laughs> Apparently he got through two pages and threw it in the bin um, and felt to tell the world about it, um, which did make me laugh because to me, that's that's kind of like how strong that conditioning is, that um, all I mentioned in those first two pages was very gently a little bit about systems of oppression and how colonization, how the patriarchy, you know, how, how racism, how these are structures that have disconnected us from our intelligence um, and from that intuition, not like in a, in a, just a really kind of casual way, like in an extremely violent way um, that has, that has been carried out over hundreds of years. And, you know, it's really wild to, to 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 understand like fully what happened in the witch hunts and and like how many hundreds of years they were carried out and you know and and the trauma that that will have created because you know people were having to kill those women and those women were people's mothers and sisters and aunties and grandmas and cousins and this whole culture of turning people in and people that were witches you know it's it's basically 
well, all our friends for a start. <laughs> but it could be as simple as, you know, you came over for tea and you said that you had a bit of a pain in your knee and I made you a tea from my garden. Like, you know, I got you a herb and said, oh, let me make you this cup of tea. And then, you know, people were murdered for things like that. And and obviously we know that um, through colonization, there was this sense of trying to create um to sort of replicate this western very cut off from the feminine way of being in the world and we know what happened to cultures and indigenous peoples all over the world because of this and so people were severed sev severed severed from practices that really connected them to themselves that connected them to the earth's wisdom that connected them to each other and um and 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 it was it was really dangerous and so then you come like forward to where we are now and the education system that we have in England but actually in most countries around the world and it's it's a connected co colonial education system it's it teaches you to recall information and you that's what you get awarded and rewarded for and there isn't that much space for creativity and talking to some parents I've heard that that's got worse actually since since I was at school rather than better um, which is also to do with all of the the cuts to funding and all of the other ways in which society is is you know facing all of these challenges and also the lack of value of the the ways in which we can support each other more so for example you know if if any of you have to have care in any way child care or care for elderly you see how broken the system is and so there just isn't there isn't like a there isn't importance placed on these skills of of being able to take care of each other um and 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 especially everything around healing and 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 actually just really natural ways you know of 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 looking after each other and in the ways that people but especially women always did before it became so dangerous and so we have to realize that 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 is like a very particular kind of system and it it produces particular kinds of people and you know if you look in our government today you see what it mostly produces and you see all of the trauma patterns that play out and you see that it's so it's like it's all this violence which is around actually just trying to humiliate people with recalling information faster and I, I actually worked in politics for a while and there was a path that I didn't take which was to to go in and be an MP I, I did um, work as a researcher at some points in in Westminster and I was just like it's just this like you know it doesn't even matter if you're right it's no it's never about listening but it's about like how how fast and heavily can you put information on someone else that make kind of like you know shocks them and then you've won and 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 that's not that's not the kind of intelligence that's going to get us to um, a more beautiful world Thank you for putting it in that context and coming back to what you said at the beginning as well. 
everything there is about I know I'm right and as you were saying with your podcast it was creating a space for not knowing and discovering and openness to, to possibility and so I think it's just important for people to hear the history of this um, because it's so deep in our culture and for years I'd be like why can't I listen to my intuition and I'd get sort of like sort of stressed about it in my head of trying to learn this thing of listening to my intuition and when I understood the history of it I was like okay maybe there's a reason why here more than it's just about me so so what do you how do you one of the things as well that you um your book's titled something like around intuition in a non-woo-woo way and I love that you sort of how you phrase it sort of intuitive intelligence because I think that's a different bridge into people who maybe can dismiss it as something that's woo-woo. How do you define intuition? I'd love to hear more about that. Um, well, Sarah, I have no idea what I wrote in this. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever I say today <laughs> might be different from, from what I wrote in my book, and I stand by both. Um, yeah, sim- simply it, it is, it's, it's a way of, um it's it's a way of reading information that's that's unseen and that can't be it can't it can't be validated it can't be proven um and so that's that's like it sounds small but that's really like quite a thing to get ourselves around because of the way that we've been conditioned and I don't know if you've ever had this thing of like you know just like I, it ha- used to happen to me when I was younger like I've just trying to ex- explain myself and not having enough proof like <laughs> of what I was trying to say and and you know and that is the way that we write all our essays in our in the education system you know it's all about like what other people have done before and with our intuition we're coming into something that is present only in this moment so it doesn't relate to like what people have done before. It's it's information that that you can see, and there's so many different levels and layers to it. Um, I think the only intuition that can maybe be validated is is that that kind of um, that group safety and in intuition because that, that intuition that's all about keeping you safe. Um, it's something that we that we all do and everyone will have examples of it of just slowing down in your car just before something's coming towards you not not something that you could see not something that you knew was coming but you just started to slow down somehow like we we do so much in this way of survival and there are so many stories of people in groups discovering that you know there's a sort of a survival sense that kicks in in everyone like ah we need to just get out of here and then the roof falls in or something like that you know that that kind of thing that can be validated because then you can ask a group of people in the room and they can go yeah I felt something and I also felt like I needed to leave the room um but a lot of our intuition is around you know our own our own choices and our own life unfolding and that's really that's like there's just no one that can ever tell you if that's right or not which is actually a really scary place for our brains um, because we're used to being able to have some kind of rational evidence. Um, And so 
learning to live from a place where there isn't that um, is really, really challenging. And it also, what's challenging is that when you're following your intuition, it doesn't mean that everything in your life is going to be perfect and rosy and amazing. And that's that means that, yes, you're following your intuition because everything's great, because that's not realistic in the world that we live in or in the collective place that we are in, in our consciousness. And so it, it's a really brave and courageous path to be able to listen to this information that has no proof, that isn't necessarily going to make your life amazing. <laughs> and that, <laughs> and, and that, you know, you don't know where it's taking you. So I can see why <laughs> it's challenging. <laughs> I'm going to stay in the known. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's the, in your experience, I'm sure you must have had so many conversations about this. What's the, why might someone want to trust and follow their intuition? From a spiritual perspective, I feel like a really nice way of explaining it is that is, is that if you believe that there's a path or multiple paths that are, are laid ahead for us that we could take, like if you if you believe that there's something that you might want to do in your life, that you, it's not because that's what the person before you did. It's not because like you've seen that path laid out. Um, in this culture. It, we're very good at being followers and, and we're being indoctrinated into that language through social media that, you know, I follow you, you follow me, we're following and um, we're following people that know more than us and this kind of aspiration to be more like somebody else. But really living a life of, of connection to yourself means that you're, you're following these, this, this information that's coming from your soul. It's coming from a deeper wisdom that lives within you. And that might take you places that you wouldn't be able to take yourself if you just if you just followed what 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 other people were doing or or what was known to you. And so I believe that actually when we live a life more connected to our intuition, we actually live a life that is true to to who we are and to what we what we're here for, what we have to offer. And that you know it's it's a life that's more intelligent it's it's like that intelligence within us is activated and so of course like you know if I said to you here's like I don't know here's your house do you want to live in one room or do you want to be able to use all five rooms of your house you're gonna say yeah I'll use it'd be nice to use all five because you know Sometimes there'll be things I want to do in those different rooms. And, and I guess it's the same. It's the same with us. It's like, of course, of course, if there's an opportunity to, to be more connected to who we are, to receive wisdom and guidance that, that helps us to, to live a life that feels more real and true. Um, because if if we're living a life that feels more real and true, it doesn't mean that our problems will vanish, but it does mean that we'll be in a space where we can learn from them, where we can move through them more graciously and where they feel like they're ours as well. You know, there's nothing worse than like being stuck in a problem that's like not even yours. It's like one that you've just, 
<laughs> you're like, ah. <laughs> and so, and so I feel like it's all about connection um, and and a, and a deeper wisdom, and and that through each of our each of our intuition is that's also the future. It's the pathways to the future. It takes us into into where where consciousness is going. It allows us to grow in all kinds of amazing ways and to really bring our gifts and our creativity into the world because we're operating from this this unknown wisdom that we can see and feel and understand um, rather than following paths that have gone before. Mm. And do you have any stories to share of people or your experience of when you've I'd love to hear stories of when you followed your intuition and that magic's opened up or that newness has sprung forth that wouldn't have otherwise yeah um I, I must have loads of them <laughs> um first I can tell you that there are times in my life where I have not followed my intuition and I've done something that um I did because I quote unquote should and it didn't feel right at the time and um, perhaps there was pressure around me whether of for making that particular choice and I've always like really suffered the consequences of that and it's 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 often taken a long time to recover from or some it's like it's led to like a burnout or it's um, just been like really kind of distressing and you know oh it'd just be a week and then like you know it, it's sort of it's like eight months before I'm back on track or something you know so um I know that experience and Me too. I'm sure we can all relate <laughs> to that one um, oh, really beautiful intuitive experiences I mean I don't have a really big example do you have a big example in your life that you can just that you can just like that's just there a story well one story that came to mind was I really loved what you said about just because we follow intuition doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect and magical which I think it can sometimes be portrayed as that and I was yeah. thinking when I was like 19 and I just knew I wanted to move to Liverpool and everybody said what are you doing <laughs> nobody supported me and I didn't know it was my intuition I wouldn't have framed it as that I would have framed it as a gut yeah. feeling I actually went and had my dark night, darkest night of the soul there. Yeah. <laughs> but I also had my daughter and a whole heap of other stuff. And I wouldn't change that experience for the world. And I knew that that was just a deep following of my intuition that felt right all along. Yeah. So, um, so that was what was alive when you were talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I um, was at, with some friends and we were, they were, they were going to Bali and, um, I was going somewhere else. Um, I think I was going to go to California, but then the fires, there were fires. And when they were booking where they were staying, I was just in the room with them and I was looking over their shoulder and I saw this place and it was something about that, the picture. And I was just like, whoa, I have to go there. And then, but then I was like, no, no, I've got this plan. I'm speaking at a conference in California, blah, blah, blah. And then the fires all kind of went, went really um, were raging and it just didn't feel right and I went to um I went to Bali and um and then 
they had booked this Airbnb. So I was staying in the place and it was this beautiful, beautiful space that had been designed so beautifully. And then um, one day we'd all gone out and I decided to go back to my room. And it turned out there'd been a flood in the room that day and it had gone into my into my room and I don't know why but for some reason I put my laptop under my duvet cover but I put a piece of plastic on top like it was just all these weird little things so everything was fine because the water had gone on my bed and as I as I popped in I met the person who had designed the apartment and we ended up falling in love and it was just you know like and it was there was something around seeing that just just seeing that picture and I was just like Mm -hmm. oh like I need to go there we're not together <laughs> so it's not a happily ever after story either Sarah but you know and actually it was very painful <laughs> the ending of that relationship but um but you know I it felt like I was being guided towards it and mm-hmm. and I and that happened also you know when um when my dad died I was meant to be back in Bali and I just had this feeling that I couldn't go and he wasn't dying but I just you know I had this feeling and I was like I've got to I've got to stay around just like and it felt really strong and um and I'm really glad that I did it's changed the course of my life I never made it back um I never made it back to Bali and then I've ended up supporting my mum and through her illness and and you know when I was I knew I had to write the book and I knew I wasn't going back to Bali and I knew that there was no way I could write the book in my parents' house because um, they loved, my dad used to love watching the news really, really loud, <laughs> which for me wasn't the right headspace <laughs> to, to write a book. Um, but I, and it, and, you know, I kind of asked myself bef- just before I got in a shower, because water is a really good place for me to like, kind of find like an intuitive answer. Um and I, I was like, well, where can I go? What, you know, how am I going to write the, write the book? Like my plans just completely changed. And when I was in the shower, I just remembered, oh, West Lexham, it's a retreat center that, um, that is owned by some friends of mine. And it, it was quite close to where my parents lived. And so, you know, at that point, it was before we all knew about lockdowns, but we knew that group activities were cancelled so I just phoned them and was like oh do you have a tree house like could I come and and write the book in and actually it was the perfect place to be for that and so you know I think sometimes our intuition is these very small little little nudges it's not like it's not like this kind of whole big thing sometimes it is I mean there's there are there are I mean so so many times actually my intuition's just gone no I don't want to do that and not exactly provided like the next bit (laughs) (laughs) straight away um but led me towards some more spaciousness where something else has dropped in um and and I know that there's like so many more examples and and I know that everyone has examples like small and and really big ones you know often when we meet the people that end up being like the most important people in our lives it is kind of like a bit a bit random somehow and and so it's it's trusting those those very those very small kind of nudges that that of like oh I want to go there now or I'm going to do this in this order or you know that that kind of allow us to 
um, to, to piece together what ends up being an intuitive life. But I feel like part of the maturity around this is that it's not like this whole magical thing. Um, and, and that it, yeah, and that it's, it's, it's about connecting us to, to something that's more real for ourselves and, um, and that, and that that also comes with a lot of lessons and challenges along the way. Mm. Yeah. So for somebody listening, because, you know, I, a lot of people I work with, um, they're very spending a lot of time up here in their heads and actually listening and trusting to their bodies can be quite a new concept and a new yeah. way of being. And so for people, and at first, when I started sort of more consciously listening to my intuition, people would say, listen to your heart, listen to your womb, listen to your yoni, listen to your spirit. I'd be like, what am I listening to? Where is it? And I'd get myself in such a spin around it. So for people um, listening who are either wanting to deepen their intuition or, or even get started listening to intuition, can you share some sort of practical ways people might do that? What are they listening out for? Are they, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So in the book that I wrote, there's um, loads of practices and um, I was I was asked to write the book that way. And actually, I found that really helpful because there's so many um, pathways into intuition and we're all so different and we, our intuition speaks to us all in slightly different languages. So there's no right way of doing it. And that's the first thing to know. Um, and something that works for me might not work for you and and vice versa um creating a relationship with our intuition is really learning ourselves in our inner world and and how we work and how we relate and and then like looking for that that language and one way that I find is really good for a lot of people is is just to kind of free write because that tends to um, allow that space of you know it coming from the heart but but disconnecting from the head and so it can be really useful to start with a question and try not to word the question because then when you when you say start with a question most people go should I da, 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 da. okay <laughs> and then and then it and then you know should is problematic because it's like a, should you according to who like you know um what you're giving away authority with with that question and so it's like asking the question in a way because that's going to give you the answer that 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 you want because if I you know if I say I don't know like if I say like you know what would what would my my ancestors but if I say like what would my grandfather want me to do about this and then I say you know what would my future child want me to do about this I'm probably going to get different answers um there's, there's a different kind of intelligence so it's getting really specific and clear around our questions is is one of the the biggest steps and so and um an easy kind of way around that is to ask questions that are more like is it in my highest to blah 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 or um is it true to for me to blah 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 you know try and find a way within your own language and it might be that you have a really strong relationship with some kind of spirit or 
deity um, and then you might want to want to ask them but know that they're all different and so you know if I if I connect to the tree that I'm looking at outside of my garden that's got a very different energy and therefore maybe different answers to if I connect to the goddess Durga um, which is very different to if I connect to an, an, an archangel and so you know actually this sort of refinement of who we're giving away our power to um do we want to just connect to our hearts to our soul and even that's different you know so it's kind of like tuning into like what do you want that place of of your center to be um and asking the question from there which makes it really complicated but i'd say you know you can't go wrong with your soul or with your heart mm. um and you might find the information comes in in different places um where I've asked loads of people, how do you know when it's your intuition? And people have told me all kinds of things. People have said, oh, I get this tingle in my left elbow or like, you know, I feel this like um, centeredness, like in my heart. Um, there's so many different ways. And that's why we have to get to know our bodies and, and get to know ourselves. And, you know, um, I have a deep practice with yoga and it's like, oh, yeah, what's that wisdom in my like little right toe like you know there is there's wisdom in the cells everywhere so so what is it that we're trying to to open up to and one way of actually developing a, a sense of trust with ourselves and with our intuition is to to create an intuition diary and that's the beauty of that is that it's bringing that intuitive intelligence along with our rational intelligence so we're creating like a set of data that we can analyze and so that would be really simple of like, you kind of write down what the intuition is and you write down how it came to you. So, you know, whilst running, I got this. So, you know, I, I got this idea to, um, to, to call my friend and I, I got that whilst I was running. Um, and then whether you did it or not, like, did you call the friend or not? And then like, what happened as a result of that? And do you feel that was intuitive intelligence? Um, or it might be that um, I had this dream and I woke up from my dream feeling like I needed to have a baby right now. Um, and, you know, and then like, what did you do about that? And, and so then we start to learn, you know, what are the ways that our intuition speaks to us um where where does it show up and then and then that creates like um a sense of confidence within that you know i have friends that like receive you know they have dreams where they receive like very detailed like outlines of their projects for example and it's like who's involved what it's called like everything it's just like crystal clear um for me like sometimes that that happens like on walks um, when I'm out in nature and actually like I might go for a walk with a question uh, like when I was organizing this summit style and presence which is about self-worth and our relationship with with worth and my question was simply like have I taken on too much <laughs> which is often which is often my question <laughs> and so and so I I went on a walk in the woods with that question and I held it really gently it wasn't like I spent the whole time thinking about that question and at the, somewhere towards the end of the walk 
it just came to me and it was like, no, this is the, this is the right thing to do. This is the right timing. Here's how you're going to do it. And I, I, in, I had before envisioned it a different way, but then it was like, no, you're going to do it like this. You're going to have three people and this session's called the power of blah, blah, blah. And it all just kind of came down with all the names and everything. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I felt really supported in that particular, um, in that vision and that that was going to be possible for me, easeful for me. And that there was like, you know, a bigger support behind me doing that. And it wasn't coming from a place of, um burnout ego like taking on too much like you know um and and so yeah I, I feel like the the time in nature the um water for me is really good and I think water is good for a lot of people like the shower um just free writing if you have a meditation practice like holding a question before the meditation and then seeing how you feel about it afterwards and being in that space of contemplation with something and um yeah and just and then like keeping notes so that you can see over time and and just and then that just helps your rational brain and your intuitive brain make friends because they 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 kind of say oh yeah cool like we're working together and and then you know because I think sometimes like when we're when we're expanding anything new of course we give that more attention and then it it's but it's not like our rational brain is is bad like our rational intelligence isn't bad it's very useful um it's just our intuitive intelligence is underdeveloped and so we might need to focus on it to kind of get it up but then actually you really want to be like have them working together mm, yeah that's a beautiful range of things to explore and I love doing the journal that you can actually build the evidence up of how did that intuitive hit feel you know yeah. the phone call you made and your friend was really struggling or the or, or whatever however it happens actually that was so yeah. the right thing to do and also for me what's been helpful as well is like really discerning when something's a thought <laughs> like a thinking thought versus a sort of I have to sort of really sit with things and give it time to see if it really is something intuitively right because I've got so many ideas happening all the time choosing which ones to follow or, or, or make happen can be a thing that um, sometimes when I go with those thoughts they don't work out but when mm. I sit with them and filter them through and choose them then they get that energy and flow with them does that make sense absolutely and then you might notice that they kind of they sound different like for me I can definitely tell the difference as they're happening because I'm like oh that's that kind of voice and then you know they have different voices and the other thing that you can play with is actually just opening up your psychic awareness which we all have and so you know I might be coming to meet you for a cup of tea and then I might go oh what color is Sarah going to be wearing and mm -hmm. you know just we can just play with it and you know and, and write down the color and then maybe you are wearing that color or not and just practicing with these things that that we know you know that we know um and I feel like often you know we get a bit embarrassed about that like if someone says do you think I'm having a boy or a girl it's like oh <laughs> you know but actually like if you if you just go with it there's an answer there that you've got um and, and quite often it's it is right and so just yeah having a little bit of fun with with that and um and trusting that you know more than you can explain 
Yeah, and we've got so much within us that's just untapped, isn't it? It's just like this intuition is this huge sort of untapped resource, and especially at this time in our history, as you shared, it's the place that can bring forward gifts, creativity, solutions, possibilities in a way that our rational mind will not. Yeah, exactly. I just, it just, it, it almost makes me want to cry when I imagine like what we can all do if we were able to connect into that place and and bring out you know all all that we've got to offer from that place um yeah because we're we're like we're trained to be so so such a small part of who we are and and I know that um a lot of the people you know listening here already on that path to discovering more and people that work with you um but it's but yeah it's really magnificent like what what that possibility is that we each have within us yeah I really feel that as you can feel tingles as you share that you know what would be possible for this world and what is possible and so that leads nicely on because you you so is that where the phrase all that we are comes from for your podcast (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's part of it yeah Um, yeah the podcast used to be called the future is beautiful and um, I just felt like it was too subjective um, and that it was putting off all men, most men, which was annoying because it just it just felt like there was no need to have a name that made people not want to listen to it. And also, I don't know if I would listen to something called The Future's Beautiful, especially when I was going through some challenges and actually... Um, there's so much that's shared on there that I feel can really support people going through challenges and I wanted it to be more accessible and the process of finding a new name was quite full-on um, and I kept getting these like ideas um you know, I go swim in a lake and be like oh it's this and then <laughs> and then you know I'd look and sometimes it would seem like there was nothing called that but then there was and then I'd contact the person because they weren't really using the name and in some cases we were like oh let's collaborate and you know it was just like this whole path it was quite a journey and when when um when all that we are came up as an idea I just felt that yeah all that we are um, all that is possible like it's such a it's it feels really powerful and it also it invites in you know all the kind of unseen potential within us but it also invites in all of our shadows and all of the the icky stuff um and 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 you know it's it's there's no way we could ever know all that we are as a as a as an individual as a species as a as a consciousness as a kind of interspecies planet it's it's just you know it kind of has that opportunity to just keep understanding more and more every day Mm. I'm going through a similar process with the podcast name for this one as well (laughs) for Uh very similar reasons so I'm sat in that soup at the moment so so yeah so leadership so I'd love to because you know you you talk about um, beautiful leadership as well and I know you do a lot of um, leadership mentoring and so I'd love you to share a little bit about what it is you do and how you help people to share their gifts in the world and to discover their gifts. 
Thank you, Sarah. Well, as as much as I've rejected beauty in the in the name of the podcast, I do feel like it's really important as a value. Um, and to have a to to live in a way where we honor beauty, where we honor that space of meaning, of connection, of what's possible, of of how things make us feel. And that, you know, I feel like when something is beautiful it's normally touched us in some way it's connected us to that kind of part of ourselves that feels bigger than a name that we have in a story it's like you know beauty is often something that when you're watching a sunset or or somebody just bursts into tears in front of you it's like it's that real it's it yeah there's just such depth to that and it's those moments that just really make you feel grateful for being alive and and for what for what we're able to do and so i feel like i feel like beauty is is important and and especially at a time where we do have so many challenges in the world um you know, if we come from that place of beauty within us and we're we're able to to really experience our lives to make the most of being here um and and also to to process the difficulty and to open up to all the potential and so with my leadership mentoring i feel like part of it is really is really learning to to live in the way of beauty and you know it's 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 there the beauty way is there as an indigenous prayer it's there in so many like ancient texts this sort of understanding of beauty because it really does connect us so much deeper and the work that I do one-on-one it it started off as kind of I guess like healing sessions so people would come for for one session um normally there's something that they were struggling with um or or back in the day it'd be like a physical pain that would like lead someone to kind of come and explore something deeper and what I realized is that if um if I was able to work with people over a period of time um over three months that we could we could actually like kind of just keep opening and keep letting go of some old patterns and keep opening and that I could do this alongside actually supporting someone really quite practically with something that they want to bring into the world. And so most of the my clients on my mentoring, they are, yeah, they're just wanting to, to get to know a certain part of themselves a bit better, to show up with more confidence, with more worth, to 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 finally get that project out there or to or to manage their team better because everything's grown and that you know and they found themselves back in that head headspace and like wanting to kind of connect a bit deeper um or you know just being in that place of wanting to to show up in their lives with with more of more of who they are and so I I feel like the path of leadership is such an inner journey. You know, I, I spent a lot of time in my 20s kind of understanding like leadership and it as how it was being put to me, which is very much like a posturing kind of thing. <laughs> like, you know, it's like a projection that you put out there. Um, 
that's generally about being like higher than others and for me beautiful leadership it's it's this courageous path of of actually wanting to connect more deeply to your own soul to what it is that you have to bring into the world and to release what what needs to be released along the way to allow you to do that and you know that's something that we could all be doing for the rest of our lives there's so much that we can there's always like deeper layers of, of what what we can shift and what we can open to and I do believe that it's not about doing that in a really like obsessive constant way um but for me I'm always working with that I have periods where I don't work with anyone because I really then I can kind of integrate everything and then I have periods where like I'll work with someone for like three months or six months and really like allow them to support me and and to allow me to like connect deeper um into who I am and and that's what I like to offer my clients and sometimes you know we're doing quite deep like ancestral healing and sometimes it's stuff that's just been there like niggly stuff that's just been there for you know since that person can remember that they didn't know that it was possible not to have and um and and because of the way that I work we plant these seeds and and then they get to grow the the seeds um in their own time every day and and so actually they learn about energy and they let they form a deeper relationship with their intuition and with understanding themselves and with their creativity and then I find that actually people you know they're like oh like I you know just everything gets freed up a little bit um and then that that radiates out through through everything that we do Mm. I love that you share that you take time off for seeing people and you know have that break from working with people yourself because like you share this is almost this is we live in this sort of hyper fix me culture where it's like this can be on this um never-ending sort of um hamster wheel of trying to get it sorted and all of this and it's it's yeah. just debilitating isn't it and burn burnout and all sorts so yeah yeah it's horrible I mean I've definitely been somebody that's like been desperate for that thing that's yes. going to fix me and then everything's going to be great and perfect yeah. and abundant and magical um and yeah I, I I'm and I and it's not my fault as well that I've been like that because we're in a very hyper capitalized spiritual space and and it has that energy to it and there's so many kind of ideas within that spiritual world that I find actually now that I have a much deeper understanding of so many things I think are really dangerous um a sense that we create everything that happens to us like like I definitely spent a lot of time getting quite damaged through that one and so have some of my friends and so have some of my clients um of course yeah that we we make choices for sure we make choices and the choices that we make are really important but um we don't attract everything bad that happens to us like and if there's stuff in our ancestral patterning that means say there's been cycles of abuse or like cycles of racism it's like it's not like we can suddenly make it so that that doesn't exist in the world 
Um, and so I feel like so much of actually our healing and our spirituality is like how we hold ourselves with what happens rather than like the what happens. And I think that there's such an emphasis because it's all there in all the sales as well. Like do this and then like have more money and like be more beautiful and blah, 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 blah. And like, you know, and, and actually um, it's, it's not always like that. The, and, and actually when we understand properly the systems of oppression that we live within and we understand how how our ancestors and by ancestors it might just mean like our parents our siblings our grandparents like there's major wars that are not very long ago you know India has only been independent from the year that my mother was born like you know the second world war and like gas chambers were not that long ago and you know I I just find it sometimes this kind of hyper individualism around what we experience can be really really dangerous I was at an event where somebody said something recently around how like refugees you know what like they've chosen they've chosen this kind of reality and I just I actually just wanted to throw up like it, it it's like it it can I think that this sort of really intense kind of culture around our spirituality and around individualism can make us um, actually really uncompassionate towards other human beings. It can kick us out of action because actually, you know, we all have a responsibility to try and influence things that are happening in the world. Amisha and I are picking up this conversation after a few little issues with Wi-Fi. And Amisha was starting to share about what's happening in Iran at the moment. So I'd love you to say more about that. Thank you, Sarah. It's so good to know that when you've got Wi-Fi problems, you can just go to someone's house <laughs> and sit with them in person. So it's really nice to actually be with you for this last part of the conversation. And yeah, I feel like it's really interesting what's happening in Iran at the moment. And it relates to what we were talking about earlier around the witch hunts and you know the the women and people in Iran are um are being imprisoned for doing things that are very simple like just taking off a headscarf or riding a bike or using their voice in some way writing a song these things are just so simple and you know this is what happened before in the past and we're watching it now from another country where, where we're in a situation that's very different. And, you know, we can't just sit back and, and just say, oh, like that's, that's their karma or they chose to be incarnated there and to live that life. There's a thing now where um, the parliament had voted that the penalty for protesting will be death and there's currently 15,000 people in those prisons and that's changing every day. That's 15,000 people that are potentially going to be killed for doing these very simple things like going to a protest, writing a song. And so we can say, okay, well, that's nothing to do with us or, you know, that's not in my reality or they have chosen to experience this as part of their karmic journey. And kind of a lot of these ideas are there like within new age spirituality and it's where it can be a bit difficult. Pick the only noisy thing. So. 
And I feel like a lot of the ideas in, in New Age spirituality, they can cause quite a lot of harm and they can really put us into this really hyper-individualized place and a place of inaction. And actually, there is something that we can do. And signing those protests really makes a difference. Sharing stories from people that are bravely posting what's really happening, it makes a difference. And we see things change all the time because people actually do engage with them. Um, there's an example right now that in like the Marsden camps in the UK, um, where many refugees and asylum seekers were living in horrific conditions, like it has actually been closed down because of protests. And so things do change. And, you know, there's still a lot of these big, you know, these big things, they don't seem to shift that much, but they can only change by us actually taking part and actually using our voice and protecting that which we care about and the values, the spiritual values that actually we want to live our lives by. And, and I find that there's often this disconnect. And, you know, if, if you're in a position where your reality doesn't have any kind of suffering, doesn't have any kind of hardship, not thinking about energy prices, like nothing that's going on in the world touches you, then that's a place of enormous privilege. And there's a real choice of what do you want to do with that privilege? And I feel like that's one of the most important spiritual questions at this time. And so much of of, of the kind of narratives that we kind of find time and time again in the spiritual world kind of lead us on these paths to actually disconnect us from actually just being a really nice human and like showing up for those around us and um, allowing suffering to be in our reality because it's part of the human condition that we will always experience pain and pleasure. And the, the pain isn't something to run away from. It's not inherently bad. It's not like there's nothing wrong with you if you experience pain, if you experience suffering, if there are people in your life that are experiencing suffering. It doesn't mean that you're failing spiritually or, you know, it doesn't mean that those people are bringing you down. It's like, I really feel like in these more difficult times, those of us that have been lucky enough to to experience all of these amazing spiritual practices and modalities and have all of this access to these amazing tools. Like this is our time to really share them and, and to show up for people in our lives. And, and I, I see this disconnect happening and I've experienced it in myself. And I've really like felt this like strong desire to, to come back to um, a way of living that is more grounded in the society that we're in. And you shared one of the things you just touched on there is that sort of like that we talked about last time, that sort of positive vibes only sort of belief and how then people don't want to share what they're going through or they hold back because they don't want to be seen to be bringing the energy down. I've got air quotes going on, <laughs> and, you know, all of this stuff. And yeah. actually, that's all part of our lives, isn't it? Absolutely. And and it also means that you know, when some somebody is going through a hard time, that they can often get a bit ostracized for it. And, and that like for other people like guilt or shame or like not knowing how to interact with that because there's like a focus on like the good vibes and then people that are going through a hard time end up going through like a triply hard time yeah. because of our inability to be with like those dis, dis, 
this comfortable. I don't think that's a word <laughs> now. <laughs> With the discomfort and the, the uncomfortableness of, of our pain and, and, you know, shame and guilt get in the way of so many things. And, and so yeah if we're able to come sit with that thing that makes us really uncomfortable in ourselves um then we're able to extend more of a hand and more of an arm just you know make a cup of tea do just do kind of like nice things when when people need it and and show up and kind of see a more interconnected sense of of our experience and of our responsibilities to each other yeah a Kimberly Ann Johnson who I love she talks about the me first era I think that's just such a great sort of um, label for a lot of what's happening in the new age community, but also just in wider society as well. Yeah. And I think that the word that you use there is interconnectedness and that knowing that we're all interconnected and what we do, we do for everybody. And bringing that down to just practical kindness. Do I love my, can I look after, reach out to my neighbor if I see that they're struggling with something or, you know, it doesn't even have to be people we know, does it? That's a real practical spirituality in action, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Because you, you have no idea like what smiling at someone yeah. can do for them, you know, and, and extending, extending that, just like that care and, um, yeah, I feel like it's so important. And and actually, there's a really important thing about intuition is that it really, really loves action. Like it really, it's not like you just get this information to sit on it. It's like you get this information to share. And sometimes it will be like a really, like a little nudge of like, oh, go say hi to that stranger or like knock on that door, or, you know, show up, do this, do that. And, and it's like a little bit uncomfortable. It's like, why am I doing this? Like, I don't know this person. What if they're rude to me? Like, what if they tell me to, to piss off? Like, um, but actually listening to, to those things when you get that little, you know, you walk past someone in the street and you get an urge to, to, to talk to them or to say something. Sometimes that might mean because that person's the love of your life and like, you know, you're about to go on this epic love adventure. But sometimes it might be that that person really like, you know, needs needs something from you. Because I think often it's like the focus is on what am I going to get? Like, is that what is that person going to bring to me? Like, And actually, you know, actually having another lens of like, what might I be able to give to someone else today? Um, and and then our intuition being like a little a little guidepost and and also I do feel that when we don't listen to our intuition especially around the things in our own like life path is it does tend to get louder and 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 that actually can be a lot more um uncomfortable <laughs> and so um there's something about really really learning to to listen to the those subtle cues and and be in our more subtle energy so that we are more aware and we don't miss things yeah and do you think sometimes there's the times where intuition gets louder but do you think also from your study of intuition there's times where if you don't listen to it that's gone that moment yeah because I don't believe that there's only like one path and there's only one way that a life or a day can turn out and so it's all about the choices that we make that we make and um and that's why I get really annoyed as well with the like everything's perfect or you know because it's like well 
Yeah, I don't know. There's just different choices that can be made. Um, and, and like, yeah, it's good to always like get a, a good lesson from something that we've experienced, but it's also okay to just said, no, that was just crap. Like, yeah. and actually I didn't need to go through that and actually I could have chosen something else. And, and, you know, with relationships, like, it's not like this relationship is meant to be. And so it doesn't matter what I do and it will just be like, yeah. it's choosing it every day. It's choosing to listen, to connect, to be with that person, to follow our intuition within that relationship it's not just that like there's someone that's meant for you and no matter what you do you're going to find them and even if you don't like connect uh, to it like in your heart like it will just happen it's yeah. like you're constantly having to make the choice and and so I really feel that intuition and that relationship with action is about learning what to listen to and then actually and actually following it through and seeing what it opens up but I feel like our life paths are more like these webs you know they can go so many different directions and and who knows if they if they might cycle back to somewhere that you know that you might have got to anyway yeah. in a different way I have no idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was thinking about that after our last conversation because I was thinking as well where the sort of trust element comes in as well and also timing because like we can get an intuitive hit, but you just sense it's not the right time. And then there's another part of trusting, oh, okay, mm. now it's time to act. So there's all these different levels of like um, things to play with, isn't there, <laughs> to explore yeah. for us, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes you might follow your intuition and find yourself in a really difficult situation. And so it's also just like um, acknowledging that, like it's, you know, separated from that idea that it's just gonna lead to all amazingness. and. Um, and yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, you might get that, like, oh, I need to move to this place, but somehow it doesn't feel right. And and then like five years later, you're like, oh yeah, I remember I was thinking about moving here yeah. five years ago because I had that dream and la la, but like, and then, you know, almost don't realize that then it's still, it happens yeah. somehow. Yeah. So it's it's really, it's, you know, it's, it's fun to be playful with it yeah. and to be light about it because there's no... There's an ultimate intuition and, and intuition is always like updating with the information that's in the field or like the energetically or just the information that's being presented because it is still about working with your rational intelligence as well um, and feeling it in your body. And so, yeah, not being afraid to also like change our mind that what might be a really clear intuition yesterday feels different today because maybe something shifted around that situation or maybe um or, or maybe you've shifted yeah. or something up you know there's something else like you know it might be like one day it's just really clear you know we're talking about relationships like this is the right person for me and you might wake up the next day and just be like actually no they're not and there might be something you don't know about they might have met someone else that that, that evening and something yeah. has shifted or or, you know, some other realisation might have come through for you about what's really important to you that was different to, to where it was yesterday. So if we hold on too much to kind of past ideas, yeah. past intuitions, um, it, then then it might not still be right. So it's, it's a kind of constant process of, of trust and of really knowing ourselves and... And of allowing there to be this like fluidity around 
our choices and and what we decide to do yeah yeah I love that you say like just hold it lightly and experiment with it because for me I just was not raised to trust myself not raised to trust in life and it's been a whole deconditioning journey and to be playful with that and to experiment with that and to take action sometimes my teachers one of my teachers says just take imperfect action because if we wait for it to be perfect and and bring that that playfulness to it it's a whole different process isn't it than being rigid or trying to study it and all yeah. these things so yeah and I love that you brought it around to relationships because intuition you know is something I feel that's so important in our erotic intelligence and you know we so learn sex in a very linear way yeah <laughs> just 17 magazines yeah go from a to b yeah. <laughs> and actually tapping into the intuition is where our creativity and connection comes from a whole different level yeah. so it just works it shows up in every area of our lives doesn't it absolutely like the difference between trusting the intuition of your body when you're making love to like somehow trying to work it out with your head yeah. like what to do and what they want and what you want it's that you can't do that with your head it, it always leads to a somewhat disconnected experience yeah. it's all about being able to let go to trust to listen to your body to listen to their body and really be in that space together that is is like kind of beyond the mind yes and yeah and so I guess the more you learn to do it in your life, the, the easier it becomes um, in the bedroom and vice yeah. versa, I guess. Yeah. And and so this is a really amazing, amazing way. It should be in the book, actually. It's <laughs> 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 a practice. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And like, you know, one of the practices that um, I do with clients a lot is just invite them to move their bodies in a way where they're following their intuition to just undo the conditioning of how we learn to move our bodies even when we're dancing we often dance in a very patterned way and just really tapping into those impulses and following those impulses so yeah so many wonderful things to explore yeah absolutely <laughs> so as this is the sexy life podcast I would love to finish with asking you what it is to live a sexy life <laughs> For me, living a sexy life is uh, one that feels like vibrant and alive and sensual and where there's adventure as part of the core of, of living. And so really, yeah, like not letting things get too routined or stale and, and kind of having all of that creative energy and yeah, and that turned on this really alive. Mm, beautiful and do you have an offer for people listening the intuition book and um we're going to do the code yeah I was going to do something new I forgot um <laughs> I thought it would be nice as we've been talking so much about intuition is to share um a workshop that I did and some other resources around the practices that are in the book um, and so I made this this gift package for people that bought the book um, and I'd love to offer that it's also got um, the, the there's an extra chapter that I wrote just for the audiobook but the pdf of that is is sort of within this package so you can just um, 
you can uh, you have the link yeah. and um and then it will kind of look like it's for people that bought the book but if you just write sex life podcast where it asks for the serial number um and then you can have access to that and, and hopefully it will help bring all of this more to life amazing wonderful that's so generous i'll put that in the show notes all of that and uh, uh, as well and where are you most likely to be found online i'll put all the addresses in the show notes but it's lovely to hear from you as yeah, well thank you uh, amisha.co.uk is my main website which has like links to everything and um and all that we are.org is where you can find all the podcast episodes and I'm mostly on Instagram. I am still technically on Facebook, but not so active. And on Instagram, it's at Amisha Gadiali, so my whole name. And and the podcast is at All That We Are, with a little underscore afterwards. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming over to my home and finishing this conversation off. I really, really appreciate it. And um, yeah, thank you so much. It's a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And so nice to see you and to connect with everyone here listening. Yeah, we're looking forward to sharing this. It's such an important conversation for our times. And I really love what you shared. One of the things at the beginning was imagine what the world would be like if we were all following our intuition. <laughs> yeah, it's such a waste how stuck we get in our minds and worrying about other things and what people think and and all of that stuff and it gets in the way of everything and living an intuitive life is just cutting through all of that and and being able to actually just live and and that's that's an amazing thing Mm, a beautiful place to end (laughs) thank you so much Thank you for listening to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast with me, Sarah Rose Bright. I support women and couples across the globe to truly enjoy sex and pleasure and to create or deepen intimate relationships that are passionate and purposeful, happy and healthy, and I'd love to support you. You can book a complimentary call via my website at sarahrosebright.com to find out if my approach is right for you. And check out my website for information about my one-to-one coaching programs and any current workshops, group programs and retreats that I'm running. Wherever and whenever you are listening, wishing you a beautiful day.